Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Yes, it is Brownlow Medal Night. Malcolm Blight and David Wildey. One of us has won a Brownlow for Irrigear to save, and it wasn't me, to save time and water. Irrigear is here. Irrigear <laughs> offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions. Before I welcome Malcolm Blight, let's have a listen to this. Will it be Knights? Will it be Blight? Final vote. Will it be Wilson? Collingwood. Oh. Hey, North Melbourne's Malcolm Blight. Well, there you go. 45 years today. Can you believe that? Exactly on this day, 45 years Correct. ago, Malcolm Blight won the Brownlow medal. He won the uh, the uh, McGarry medal, what, six years earlier? Correct. What are your memories, Malcolm, as I welcome you? Hi, David. Yeah, um, look, they're always good, of course. Uh, obviously, uh, I, I, I won a lot of awards. You went in as one of the faves? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um, yeah, I want a car and trip overseas and I mean all that sort of stuff, all the all the trimmings that used to go around those days. So it was very nice. But you go there not knowing, not thinking. Nervous? Not you get nervy when you oh, realise you're up there with oh, a short round to go. Not not really nervy, just thinking, oh well it's gonna what's ever happened was not gonna happen on the night. It had happened during the year with the True. voting. You know what I mean? It's already in there. It's, it's already in there. So I I mean you can't do anything about it. But I mean it was a it's a nice thing and I I, I can quote the great Lee Matthews and said uh who was up in the Brownlow a lot of years, including that year, and just said, would you have loved a one? And he said, of course I would have. And I think every player would. He probably so. deserved one yeah, too with his yeah. great career, didn't and he? And it it's tough whether you get three or a two or a one. You know, I mean, that sometimes and it goes your way, sometimes it doesn't. And I was lucky enough too. I did the, the figures before we came on tonight, and I reckon now it's a midfielder's medal now more so than ever. So each team's got four or five decent midfielders. Correct. So about 80, yeah. 80 players. So really... Only the midfielders, they even the best midfielders have probably got a one in eighty chance of winning. Yeah, maybe some of them are, you know, yeah. odds on rather than some of the others. But to win it is, um, I suppose you have to, you obviously have to have a great year. The umpires have to recognise that. Yeah, and uh, and the rest is history. But yeah, fantastic for you. And one of the things is, you know, I've, I've said this a few times now that everyone says, well, it's a midfielders' medal. Well, guess what? Have a look at all the best and fairest voting of every club. Have a look at what the coaches have voted in their voting after every game. The first 20 players or 15 players are nearly all midfielders. Yeah. So, I mean, David, they, they, they're they there because they're very good players. Well, the forwards have a medal, the Coleman. Yeah. And you, you thought we should have a backman's medal as well. It wouldn't yeah. be hard. That the coach, even the coaches on different sides can, can vote on it. And this is where I think the media could play a role. They watch every game. I think most of them... Would, would be fair. That's what they got to write about or to talk about it. And having a defender's medal. David, just on that, the, the year that I actually did win it, I actually kicked 77 goals. So I did play a fair bit in the forward line, I can tell you. So you were sort of half and half, were you? Yeah. So I remember the great Ron Barassi saying that um, 
after it had all been done and one and one, he came to, up to me and he said, I, I mean, yeah, obviously a very good year. I just thought you might have played too much in the forward line. That's what he said at the time. So I'm taking I half half. I hope he said half. well done. <laughs> I think he did. <laughs> I, 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 I'm taking half and half. Half as a midfielder, but, but certainly probably more than half as a forward. Well, the good oil, thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. Uh, yesterday, they had the Sample Grand Final. We cover that on SEN. Congratulations to Glenelg. They're only this, I find this hard to believe, only their sixth yeah. premiership, and they I think they've been running up 13 or 14 times. But they were the best side yesterday. Pretty well from go to woe. Three goals to nothing at quarter time. And Sturt kicked 2-8 in the last quarter yeah, to I one know. goal. But the game was pretty well shot then. Yeah, it was. I mean, how many times do you reckon we've said this this year? Uh, Glenelg, bad kicking. Yeah, Glenelg had 20. Actually, was it in the uh, – they kicked three or four points in a row at one stage in the game, Sturt, when they could have – you know, when you just need that goal, they just kept kicking. Well, their first four yeah, shots yeah, were all points. points. Yeah, that's right. So they've had 21 shots, Glenelg, to 22 from Sturt. And <laughs> – I didn't think Sturt were disgraced by any means. I just at some stage or other, I mean, they got they got away, and then Sturt had a chance, but kicked points. It, it is, I, I'm David. I, I I still reckon that the game doesn't give enough respect to the technique of goal kicking. Full mm. stop. End of story. Yes, there is pressure. Yes, you miss. We all miss. But I, I, it just it, it's just another game gone because of it. I, I really well, see. Lucky Hosey kicks six one. Yeah, he wins the Jack Odie. Josh Hone. Kicks five, uh, five points, who's, who's normally a good kick. And that's yep. the difference. Oh. Leno won by four goals. Yes, they did. Absolutely. Melbourne get knocked out of the um, finals, not because they couldn't play. They won everywhere except on the scoreboard Scoreboard. kicking points. points. How many times? Oh, you know what? You know, talking to Patsy about it, she said, Malcolm, why, why don't they actually get someone like Jason Dunstall? And, you know, he, he has got a similar theory to mine, particularly in, in the way you run and you've got your tension in the arms and all that why don't you put out a little video for everyone in football? The game would be much better if you forget me for a minute. Why doesn't Jason Dunstall do it as one of the great kicks? Why Matthew don't we go, Lloyd. There's Matthew some good Lloyd. around. Yeah, but see, what the coaches do, and this is what Ross Lyon, was it Ross Lyon said last year when King started missing goals? He said, oh, we've got the best people here. We don't need any help. See, and that's what I say. You know, I had a great teacher who told me, I not only use the brains that I've got, but also all the brains that I can borrow. Yeah. And see, they get inside their little bubble in their football club. Don't worry, I've been there. And you think you know everything, and you bloody don't. Mm. Well, once again, congratulations to Glenelg. We'll have someone on. I think we've got um, Corey Lyons oh, well. on during the week. He almost, I almost had him as best on ground. I think 28 possessions, tackles, clearances. Uh, but Hosey was perhaps the match winner when you kick six out of 12 or six out of 13. He certainly did a, now, a great job. David, can I tell you something about umpiring? Oh, you don't look happy. No, I'm not. I, that game, GWS. Collingwood. Collingwood. You know, it was tight, all that. Why, whoever started this saying, now I didn't, but someone has. Oh, the umpires put the whistle, whistle away when the finals come around. I wish they'd shove them up somewhere. The thing that annoys me most about finals, and I've watched this for years now, is that they umpire one way, supposedly during the year, and then they let it all unfold and get scraggy so and why scrappy. Is that? Well, because they're someone in charge of it's useless. I'm telling you this. Someone in charge, the umpiring, is useless. If you let umpires umpire a different way in September to the other five months of the year. Yeah. Useless. Yeah. 
So no you basically good. get away with murder in the finals. Yeah, I mean, grab- a free kick's a free kick. Thank you, David Wildy. Anybody out there that cares, anybody that cares for our game, I mean, what those players had to put up with on Friday, Friday night. I mean, and for I both felt, teams, for and, both teams. I don't know. I'm, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It drove me nuts. Yeah, the free kick is a free kick. Is you're quite right. So I, why do they let that happen? Is useless the wrong word? Incompetent might be the word. They won't. Surely no. won't get the grand final. Mate, well, I thought Friday was no, worse no, no. than the next day. You know what day. should be? Who's ever in charge of the umpires now? They're the ones that should be stood down. Okay. Because I could change that in a minute. You umpire the game exactly as you did last week, round 22, round 21, round 20, So round what you 90. were saying is a free kick for the first 24 rounds suddenly is it not a free kick. kick. No. What rubbish. Yeah. I Do agree. You know I mean? And it happens every year. I, I mean, I, I hate it. I hate it. And I hate it for the players' sake. I mean... So those umpires, you're saying, would be advised by the umpires' director? I, I, I don't know. Surely. Well, if not... You don't just go out and don't pay free kicks because it's the final, do you? Well, apparently they would do. You? They get carried away with it. They say, oh, yeah. I mean, it's rubbish. Oh, I'm, I'm, oh, oh. What a, well, I don't just know. before we go to Troy, uh, SEN's AFL Grand Final Day partner is Copper and the State. We oh. spoke about them earlier. I love hey, look at me. They're in the studio. Are we on the camera? There's a camera here or something. Yeah. The, look at that. There hold it is the there. bottle up there. Look at Malcolm. that. Premium Australian can extra I, can, virgin oil. Can you, no, you don't drink it out of the bottle, do you? <laughs> no. You put it on the bread. Dip it in there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Bread, I know. I, we had it last night. Beautiful. Hey, uh, the big call, too, on SEN is from 12.30 Saturday oh. right here on SEN. Hello, Troy. Thanks for waiting. No worries, boys. Um, good conversation. Hey, I heard in the beginning of the show, boys, that uh, you got two blokes in one brown lake. Can you explain to me who won that? <laughs> I said to David, is that right? And he, he, said, I, he said, I didn't. He said, I didn't. Oh, sorry, David. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Yeah. You must have got a participation medal somewhere along the top line. Oh, 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 Troy, actually, <laughs> oh. hey, listen, that's on my sheet tonight. Listen to this. I'm glad you said that. Oh. Sam and I, oh, Sam Fantasia and I had a conversation today yeah. about yeah. a participation medal for the premiership team, <laughs> the premiership team that all the players that played get recognised somehow through the year, not just the 22 or yeah. 23 on the day. Why? This is a yeah. subject. The what Bob you, Murphy medal. Yeah, uh, no. Well, it could <laughs> yeah. be called the Bob Murphy medal, but do you know what I mean? 87, though. <laughs> Troy, 1987, I Played 21 games, I think. Had my best year ever. North Adelaide win the grand final by 15 goals. And I didn't... Me and Jason Rowe missed him for reporting. I got deck behind play. But you still don't feel part of that. If you had a medal at home, they said, did you actually play on the day? They said, no, I didn't. But do you go to the reunions if you win the flag? Oh, yeah, yeah. All your teammates. And and, and you wanted to... One of them to... To win it. In fact, the first 20 year reunion, the only bloke that got interviewed from the coach was me, and I didn't play. So right? I sort of felt like I was part of it again. <laughs> I know. Look, I, you know, I've been fortunate that you've been involved in it, but I just think that, that I don't know what there is. We, perhaps smarter people than I should get in a room and think, how can we acknowledge the guy that yeah. played 20 games, again, gets injured and misses the grand final? Well, look like at Dan, McStay. McStay's going to be in the. In but there's the, in, always a story every year. Yeah, there isn't is. There? What do you think, Troy? Should there be an acknowledgement, perhaps a certificate rather than a medal? Yeah, I do. You know, there's got to be acknowledgement. You know, even, even I think personally, even if it comes from the club and not the, the league, you know, it's better than nothing. But 
I'm going to change my subject. I, well, I said to Sam, I'm an East Fremantle supporter. We won over Yeah, here. I saw that, yeah. Uh, they finished, yeah, they finished on top. Um, Glenelg finished on top and won, and the great Gold Coast won the VFL, so that's great. But, Malcolm, you were saying about goal kicking. Now, Cena, um, and you are on camera, Malcolm, because I see you most nights on TikTok, you and David. Oh, um, how do you do that? Yeah, I don't know. So you're going to China, mate, so be careful what you say. Um, Brian Taylor, this is where I've seen he'd done a video, and I'm pretty sure it was when Mick Malkhouse was at Collingwood. Mick asked Brian Taylor to come down and show the boys how to do goal kicking. So what's that, early 10s, 11s, yep, something like yep, that? Yep, yeah, yep. yeah. And um, he never went back again because the reason was these bloody sports scientists come along and said, oh, that bloke there, he can only do six kicks. Yeah, this bloke here can only do eight. Yeah. This one can do six. And Brian just turned around and said, see you later, I'm not coming back. I'm out. So that, you know, this thing they reckon they do it, they don't. No, yeah, thanks no, for that, actually, Troy. Yeah, um, forgotten about that. Mobry Max says, "Hey, Bloody and Worlds, have you heard of anyone except the B grade list fillers associated with the return to a SA club? I know Port don't have much bargaining, but Burgess, Sweet, Radigalia, Zerk, Thatcher, and Chol—not exactly what you call top end recruits. I agree. I don't think that's enough for Port to go from where they are to win a grand final with with those. But they don't have a lot to choose from. No, I can also say yes. That, that I agree with that. They're probably not." as we know them as A-grade players, but they can be role players. And every football club needs role players because there's a thing called salary cap. To keep your high-end talent, which they've got now, Port Adelaide, in that midfield, you're going to have some role players somewhere else. So you've got to give something to get something. I want to come back and talk about your former club has got the hand out, the cap out. They want all these extra draft picks. Well, but everyone's got them in the last 20 years. uh, West Coast's been bad for two or three years too. Hang on, they just won a flag a few years ago. Five years ago, whatever. Yeah, but hang on, North Melbourne have been knackered for four or five years. I'll come back with that and more to talk. And Nathan Bassett too also let go from Port Adelaide. So that's that's a surprise. Very quickly, Will, it's just a text here from Brett. Go, Blighty. You give us that vigorous passion, mate. <laughs> he does. He sort of turns a bit Jekyll and Hyde, Malcolm Blight, at time. Hey, coming up on the show, thanks to the all-electric Kia EV6 GT Supercar and Lumo Energy SA. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo today. Mark Bickley. Uh, Bix will sum up oh. the year. And now we're on TikTok in China. I'm going to sort of take the glass of look straight at the camera. Back with more shortly. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Malcolm Blight, David Wildey, phone number 1300-736-736. All thanks to Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. 528, yeah, that's a lot of miles. Bloody, we... Speaking about North Melbourne, they're going to get a couple of um, concessions. I mm-hmm. think end of, end of first round draft picks yep. in successive years, which yep. I think they've already got three inside the the top twenty with trades and all that sort of thing. Is it right? You are you rewarding rewarding mediocrity? Pretty much, pretty much. But every every club at some stage or other in their history probably will go through it. But not many of their concessions. No, not no, too many. I think no. Gold Coast. Yeah, got a couple. Um, the basket cases generally over the last few years. Yeah, they do. So if you stay down too long, they'll, they'll try and give you a hand because it, it doesn't do the competition any good. I get it. Sometimes you're giving it for incompetence too, which, which annoys everybody. However, what would you do? You, you need 18 viable teams. 
Well, I think this year we, we saw both the Giants and Carlton after round 12, they were in 15th and 16th position, get up and finish, you know, fourth and fifth or third and fourth or whatever. Absolutely. And I just, I, can I just, this is, I've cut this out of the paper this morning. Craig McCray has just coached his, this is a Collingwood coach, his 50 games. So the grand final is going to be his 51st game. He turned 50. And he turned 50. Do you know 20 of those 50 games that he's done so far have been decided by less than 10 points? 20, nearly half. Nearly, nearly half. half. And out of those, 20, he's won 16 and lost four. As a coach, I mean, the team, That's good, That's good isn't it? That is an amazing stat. Now, I've seen Hawthorne in the late 80s, early 90s win a lot of close games, but that's nowhere near that this morning. Whoever has done that, I knew he'd done a lot, but 16 out of 20 by less than 10 points. Yeah. That's not that's not luck in the end, is it? That's a bit of planning. Well, you know, last year they lost by a point in a prelim and I think six points to Geelong in the yeah. first. And they could have easily won both. Maybe yeah. this is the year they got the the point victory this year. Maybe they'll go on and win. I've been saying to you for the last six, eight weeks, Collingwood, Collingwood, yes, Collingwood. Yes, you know you have. And you like Brisbane and you well, like Melbourne. And Melbourne yeah. perhaps should have won. Yeah, should have, could have, Didn't. would have. Didn't. 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 And apparently when the scoreboard and the siren goes and the scores go up, and you've got a lesser number than the other one. Off you go, Charlie. Have we got a, a comment from Andrew Dillon, who's yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. been the longest, and uh, Gillan McLaughlin has been the longest farewell I think I've ever seen. Maybe John Farnham's had a few more, but here's Andrew Dillon. The commission only makes the call for special assistance in exceptional and compelling circumstances. They're, they're the words that are used. And I think the balance was to allow... Um, North Melbourne to rebuild, but at the same time looking after the you know, the other 17 clubs and how it might affect them. Mm. And I, I think the balance has been struck well. Yeah, uh, okay, well, that's done. Now, in the NRL, we don't get them uh, mentioned. This is the National Rugby League. The Broncos, the Brisbane yeah, Broncos got a team them. in, and Penrith, who have won two in a row, going for three in a row. They play Sunday at the Acor Stadium, which is the oldest Sydney Olympic Park out there. So that's uh, it's a pretty it's a pretty good time for Brisbane, isn't it? For both both teams in the yeah, grand final. Yeah, they they both both had good wins up there, and uh, certainly enjoy the the Broncos. NRLW so. as well. Oh yeah, thank you very much for that. Three teams from Brisbane. Three teams from Brisbane. And I think Brisbane. You said AFLW beat North Melbourne, didn't they? L- Just oh sorry, no, I'm sorry. NRLW. W. Yeah, but AFLW Brisbane, I reckon, got over North Melbourne, who were the favourite. So they had a very good week, actually. Nathan Bassett, bloody. Gone. Yeah. Or not renewed. Not renewed. Yeah. And I suppose one of the things is you try and freshen up your coaching group. I mean, it happens. Kevin Sheedy was great at it. He would change a couple each year. The groups are now bigger. Nathan's been there for a while. He'll get a job somewhere. His record's pretty good. It certainly is. Uh, Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. Polaris plate clearance deal on right now. Save $2,000 on the range of 1,000 EPS plus get $1,000 free accessories. Now, Shane McAdam, who's been at the Crows, who's played 50 games, he's 28, wants to go to Melbourne. Yeah, I think if he wants to go and get a three-year deal, good luck to him. He hasn't been a total regular, has he, for all his games. He's got some tricks, though, hasn't he? X-Factor, we call it. Yeah, he's got X-Factor. some tricks. No, and he'll probably get, what What would the Crows get for him? Second rounder? I reckon maybe a third rounder. Third rounder. Later, 28, late, 29, isn't 28. Interesting stuff. Hey, catch every NFL game this season with Game Pass only on DAZN. Visit nfldazn.com forward slash NFL. Gee, what a week, Blighty. 45 years today, you won the Brownlow. Grand final week. The two best sides. The good thing about this year, doesn't always happen. I think the two best sides got through. I think they are. Port Adelaide scared it for a while. But fell off at the end. You're tipping Brisbane or Collingwood, Malcolm? No, it's you're going to It's early. I'm waiting for the team. I'll 
Let you know later in the week, David. Hopefully Simon Black later in the week. He's done oh, it all. Oh, yeah. Norm Fantastic. Uh, back shortly, Mark Bickley. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Sports Day SA, Malcolm Blood and David Wildey for Tire Power. Big footy final sale on right now. Enter the Vegas competition. Buy for Toyo Open Country Tires. There you go, bloody Tire Power. Yep. They've been great supporters all year, haven't they, for us? Fantastic. Well, another great supporter of ours is Mark Bickley. And uh, this is a, this is the season, the silly season, when you get all excited. The grand finals only a week ago. He's been through a couple of times. Bloody's been through it many, many times. But it's a great week. A lot of anticipation. And Bix joins us now. Bix, how are you? Well, I'm well, David. Malcolm, how are you? Do you remember a lot of your grand final week, the build-up? I mean, you did it back-to-back. Um, did you do the motorcade and all that over there in Melbourne? Yeah, that we did. Um, and I think that's particularly the first year. I think that's a little bit of the attraction, you know, actually going through that whole process. And and um, and Malcolm, having done it before, was great with his advice in regards to just enjoying it and soaking it all in. And, and you know, you're allowed to enjoy it in, in the build-up and it's part of it, but just sort of, understanding, sort of understanding where it fits into the whole week. So we certainly did that. Did the, um, the parade and then went and had a training session and um yeah then sort of relaxed after that but it's you know it's certainly an enjoyable part of the of the week yeah it certainly is now i just want to go to the end of the game uh, people have asked me and i've tried to describe what the feeling's like being a player out on the ground mcg the siren sounds. and the siren sounds just explain what you felt mark as a player for the crows in 97 um i think it was probably like the, the the instant feeling was relief, first and foremost. Um, I think as players, we, we tend to have this sort of fear of going through our whole careers and, and perhaps not sort of tasting the ultimate success. And, and particularly, at, you know, I think I was about 28 years of age. So, you know, you start to wonder, you know, the three years prior we hadn't made finals and, and you just wonder whether it's going to happen. So there was, there's that element of relief, but there's also the, the euphoria um that you mentioned that, that yes we've done it it's you know for some people it's a journey of a couple of years for you know I think there were six or seven of us that were there at the very inception of the club so very few people just to start a club and then go all the way and still be there when you have the ultimate success so that's part of it as well like that that great achievement but then this is the thing that where it gets interesting is when you run into each player you know you sort of look at each player and you give them a hug it actually means something different with each one so yeah. for example yeah. you know, when I look at Nigel Smart Nigel and I had been at South Adelaide at the very depth and then we at the, at the start of the Crows and then we'd seen that all the way through and clearly that's a lot different to you know what it was when I looked into the eyes of you know a Tyson Edwards who had, you know was just starting his journey and had been such a, a talented youngster but was a pretty shy and and um, you know maybe a little bit reserved so each, each person you see is a different a different feeling, a different sort of emotion uh, because you've, you've had different journeys and different sort of interactions along the way. Can you remember what you were thinking during the game? I think both both games you were down at half-time. I think St Kilda slightly up by maybe one or two goals and certainly North Melbourne up by four goals. 
uh, with all the noise going around, uh, you, is your mind just on the job, Bix, or do you do you stray and think, oh no, we're we're down a couple, we we need to win this? Can you see it slipping away? I mean, how how do you think? Can you think back then? Yeah, look, I, I can only sort of remember sort of certain elements of the game, and there is a lot of anxiety that goes through your mind during the game around team performance, around individual performance. But sort of the most memorable ones were were more so around when you you realise that you're going to win. That, that's the you know that's that sort of that moment. I can remember when you watch the replay back, particularly against St Kilda. When you're watching the replay back, you pretty much know you're going to win from yeah. probably halfway through the last yeah. quarter. But when I was actually playing, I don't reckon I actually let myself think that we were going to win until about a minute or so to go. So, you know, your, your mind plays tricks on you. You think they're still coming at you. So you, you're staying in the game as best you can. But then when that realisation does happen, and like I said, for me, it was about a minute to go, maybe even less when Nigel kicked that last goal and the ball goes back to the middle, you just look around and you think, geez, yeah. it's 28 or 29 minutes in, we're five goals up or whatever it was. But it was a bit... The North Melbourne game, I think, was probably a little bit more um, in terms of a bit more time and a bit more understanding that we were going to win. And there was, you might have told this story a few times where, I'm not sure who it was, Peter Bell might have kicked it behind and someone, uh, and someone will have this ball somewhere, just grabbed the ball and just took off up the stairs and (laughs) ran straight out of the stadium. And so... Because in those days, you literally had one ball. And so whilst they were trying to get a new ball, there was probably about a minute and a half where you just were waiting for the new ball to be grabbed from the bench and run on. And I was sort of sucking in a few deep ones and I was on my hands and knees and I looked over at Kane Johnson. It was about five or ten metres away. And he just winked at me and they had a big smile on his face. And so it's little things like that that you remember. And there's that realisation with ten minutes to go, we're going to, well, yeah. maybe not even that, eight minutes to go, we're probably going to win the game. So that's a, that's a great memory I have with Kane and something we, we've joked about since. It's amazing. We've got the coach here sitting with me and we're talking to the captain on the phone, Mark Bickley. I want to ask you, Blighty, the last quarter St Kilda, the thing that comes into my mind always is the quarter of Darren Jarman. Now, I know McLeod won the Norm Smith, played a... But Darren Jarman's last quarter is almost taking the you-know-what out of Jamie Shanahan. And so sitting up there and seeing it unfold, when did you think, hey, we got this? Because you've been there yourself. You've been on winning and losing grand finals. Yeah, no, it's a bit like Mark. It's deep into the last quarter. I mean, you know, it all unfolds. Did you say, that's my boy? That's my boy. (laughs) Well, we sort of, uh, yeah, Simon Goodwin came off the back of the square and uh, Darren actually played full forward in that last quarter, but ran from the square. So not a lot of people had seen that before, and thank goodness they hadn't. Uh, it sort of worked for us. But you still need the players to keep on doing it. Well, you know, Mark, the question I asked you for, because I was asked last week uh, for a thing in Melbourne about my time at North Melbourne and the first grand final that they ever won in 1975, which I was fortunate to be part of. But I just remember when the siren went, I mean, we won sort of a bit like what the Crows did, but like the, the mm. chest, you know, that just the, I don't know, the euphoria coming out of your body, it's hard to describe. And I've talked to a lot of people that have been involved in grand finals and I've never seen a bad grand final winner. Yeah. Everyone everyone knows <laughs> what to do in every level of sport, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah. just not footy. Just but, and... but just in our <laughs> game, we know. Mate, I, I felt my chest, I felt like I was floating in the air. It was an amazing feeling when, you know, just on the ground amongst the heat of it. So it's one of those vivid memories that, and yet, can I just say, and this sounds, when I won the second one as a player, which, which you've been through too, it wasn't as chest thumping 
It was it was just it, enjoyment, if if you know what I mean. Was that the week after the draw? The second one? Or yes, it was. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. So, but the first one and then the second one, you think, oh, that's great, we've done it again. But it wasn't. Yeah. Did you feel the same in '98 after well, the Crows second a bit? Well, I I don't know. I actually enjoyed '98 a bit more. I thought it was hard. Like we came from further back, mm. and and also there was. I don't know whether we had a, well, I certainly felt a bit of a chip on our shoulder. A lot of people said, oh, he only beat St Kilda and yeah. they hadn't been in the grand final yep. march. And, and, and when we were playing North Melbourne, North Melbourne were sort of, you know, the powerhouse side of the 90s. They'd yes. played in a heap of prelims. They'd won a, a flag in 96. You know, people said they should have made the, the, the granny in 97, but they didn't. They had arguably one of the game's best players in the team. And, you know, being able to sort of back it up, it just proved that it wasn't a fluke the first time. So... So, and, and personally as well, I actually played a bit better in 98. I was, you know, disappointed with my own performance. Not not disappointed that we, that we won, but you always want to, you know, perform on the big stage. And I just felt like I was a little bit, I was exhausted by it. I played every game that year and it was tw- my 26th game for the wow. year. I was just stuffed. Whereas in 98, I think I had a, a little hamstring in about round 20, had a week off, came back for the last minor round game, might have been two weeks off. And I just felt so much fresher yeah. and better. Yeah. And so I really enjoyed that a bit more. That that moment you talked about, that where your chest expands, and you know you talked about feeling, you know, like you're floating. I sort of um, felt a, a similar thing. It was was more so that that big roar when we, you and I, were sort of were able to thrust that cup up in the air. Yeah. I felt like, and I look at the every year that it happens, and I see the same look in in the player and the coach's eyes. It feels like. You could get a machine gun and fire it at that person, and the bullets would just bounce off your chest. You <laughs> yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. you're bulletproof right yeah, at that moment. Yeah. This sort of sense of euphoria and, and excitement and adrenaline all just pumps up, and there's that giant roar, and you, and you know that everyone, you know, your teammates and every supporter is sort of all sort of reaching that crescendo at the same time. I think it's that it's the moment for me, yeah. and there's this great picture I saw. It was a little bit of Michael Voss. I'm not quite sure what year it was, but he, when he did it, he looked like a frill neck lizard. Every every bit of him expanded. He just looks. He just. And I, could, I just knew that was exactly what he was feeling. That same thing where the yeah. adrenaline rushes through, and that's the moment when it's sort of it's almost official. Like that is the crowning glory when when you actually lift that cup up. It's a great signifier, I reckon, of of this is it. We've we've made it. Bix, my favourite game of commentary was the '98 Grand Final. I remember the score. At half time, six fifteen to four three, and I remember saying at half time, there's still a pulse. Everyone's saying this is all over. Twenty one scoring shots to to seven or whatever. What did Bloody say? Can you remember much of half time and what were you players thinking coming in? Because they were all over. And had they kicked straight, to be honest, they probably would have won the game. But mm-hmm. they didn't kick straight. Well, look, my my the only recollection I have is really around Malcolm just saying to us that don't for a second think that this is it and it's been a great journey just to get here and that we can, you know, it's just not our day. And, and I, that's about as much as I can remember. And then it was really about, you know, we still have to fight this out. We're still in it. And, you, and Malcolm broke it down into a little piece. We were four goals behind. He said, if we win this quarter by two goals, we'll be mm. two goals behind at three-quarter time. And we finish strongly. We're really fit. We'll, we'll give ourselves a chance. So that was the aim, basically, along with a few other you know, encouragements, you know, I'd say they were pretty uh, strong encouragement to a couple of players. <laughs> but I then remember at three-quarter time, you know, Malcolm saying, because we were even at three-quarter time, he said, well, I said we had to be within two goals. Guess what? We have, we're even. <laughs> we just have to win and this win last by quarter five. by a point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, that was 
and I remember actually smiling at that, you know, coming in and saying, oh, I wanted to be two goals down. We're actually even. And you sort of felt with yourself, we're in front of this, you know, we're in front of the game. So, you know, we, we did have that supreme belief in our own fitness and the work that we'd done. And we had training. We're a really hard training team. And, and it was quite methodical as well with, with Malcolm and Neil Craig, both sort of working really well together. So that belief, you know, really helped us in that last quarter. Yeah, good memories. Yeah, no, I was just, I was just thinking, just taking it all in and thinking, yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, a few, few blokes uh, got a kick in the last quarter, which is great. Now, Mark, grand final day. It's coming up this weekend. Collingwood v Brisbane, probably were the best two teams as it's turned out for the mm. year, which is unusual. Doesn't happen a lot where one and two play off for the grand final. Do, do you have a favourite? Do you, do you have any leanings towards a team in this year's grand final? I have a rule of thumb, Malcolm, and 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 it's basically like having lived through the excitement of what it's like to win a premiership. I, I just have this belief that the more people that get to experience, the the richer our game is. And and so, if there's a team that that have won it recently, um, and they've got you know 15 premiership players in there, and they're playing against a team that have got maybe one or no players in it. I want the team that has the least amount of premiership mm-hmm. players in there to actually to get that opportunity. Um, I'm just having to think about it. You know, Pendlebury's probably won one, and there's there might be a couple of other blokes side in bottom. there from yeah. uh, who's that? Sorry, side bottom as well. Yeah. So yeah, side bottom and a couple of those older guys, but there's not a huge amount. And you look at Brisbane, and it's pretty much the same. Like, like so, I don't really have. Uh, oh, we lost, just lost Bix there. I don't know what, what happened there. Are you there? Sorry, Bix, we just lost you for a moment. I was just saying, um, I, you know, in terms of allegiances, I did spend some time, you know, coaching Charlie Cameron when I was looking after the forwards at Adelaide. And I just loved the person he's turned into, the player he is, the, the enthusiasm he brings, he plays the state. In the right spirit, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't get angry or carried away. He's just, he's just so exciting to watch. So I sort of hope that, you know, Charlie's been there once, didn't quite work out in 2017 that he gets the opportunity. So I'm probably leaning towards Brisbane if I had to split hairs. Yeah, I'm going. And what about the Brownlow tonight? Oh, yeah, Who's your, your tip? Yeah, you know, I think I think Zach Butters uh, can do it for Port Adelaide. You know, if you look at Dacos, you know, there's a, you know, the, he's not going to poll in those games where he missed. With injury, the game he went off. He's gonna. He's not going to poll. Yeah, last six, he won't. Yep. So, yeah. So that's a. You know, and I reckon looking at, it, I reckon Butters probably polls about eight or nine votes in those last x amount of games. So it, it all comes down to um, will he turn up in front? Uh, and then the other thing with Butters is, it's not a, like this is his first year where he's had a really breakout season. So you know, I think there's some. He polled many votes before this year. I think his best is four, four leading votes. into this year. So there's, yep. yeah, there's this sort of theory that oh, you know, the umpires don't notice you, and you know, until next year he'll poll much better. I just, I'm not sure I signed up to that. I just think that he's such an infectious style of player and the way that he played. I just feel like he's going to do enough to actually get yeah. the chocolates. Bottom Billy and Neil and those guys will be really. Uh, Right up there, Bonton Pelly will probably suffer the fact that the Bulldogs dropped away in terms of their wins later in the year. Um, so, yeah, who knows? But I'm with the local yeah. lad and hope Zach Butters gets it done. I think Petrarch is my pick because no Oliver. But hey, just before you go, Nathan Bassett's contract 
not renewed with Port Adelaide. He's been there a while. Are you surprised with that call? Yeah, look, I am. Um, oh, on one hand, I am, and on the other, I'm, I'm sort of not so much. Uh, I guess not, not taking out the the personalities and the individuality out of it. Like, if you look back at um, what Richmond did when they ended up reappointing Damien Hardwick, when they decided to go with the coach again, and uh, this was before he had that premiership success, I think it was the end of 2016, they they backed him in, but then they I think they went and they found some people. Uh, they changed the number of the assistants. So you know, if you maybe you recognise these are the areas that the senior coach is strong in, and the areas we need to beef up. Well, if we're going to do that, we're going to do that through the assistant coach sort of regime. So um, I just wonder whether they maybe identified some areas that they they felt they were light on in the assistant coaches, and then it becomes a bloody lot. Yeah, oh, thanks. We're just, just breaking up there. But, uh, mate, thanks for all that. I agree with everything you said. Thanks for your grand final memories, your, your tip for the Brownlow and, and talking about Nathan Bassett, Mark Bickley there, our guest. Hey, the leg up, Blighty Australia's fastest-growing tipping service. Oh, now, yeah. Grafton tomorrow. Have, yep. have you ever been to Grafton? Yeah, I've been through there. Yeah, I've never been to the races. Now, their tip is number three. I am good at this. He got the job done a couple of uh, starts back at short odds to break his maiden, and they like I am good at this. Main danger being Via Delamore, a double-figure draw. But uh, the other two, they like a graft. And so write that down if you like a, like a punt. Uh, what, what's the saying? Remember what you're gambling with, Bloody? Uh, yeah, and uh, here it is here. Imagine what you could be buying instead also. Exactly. So get a leg up on the bookies with Australia's fastest-growing tipping service, thelegup.com.au. Sam Fantasia's in the – well, we might as well do our tips, our 3 2, one uh, We just said Bix, uh, he does like Zach Butters. My only worry with Zach Butters is, like Rosie, took a year to get recognised and he came in with 20-odd last year. Everyone knows Connor Rosie. So don't be surprised if Rosie even pips Zach Butters. That's all I'm saying. Malcolm Blight, who's your one, two, three? Okay. Now, this is what I started with. I wrote down these names. Uh, Zach Butters, Marcus Bondampelli, Christian Petrarca. I had a question mark on... What about your boy, Lockie Neal? Oh, hang on, hang on. I haven't oh, finished yet. Oh, gee. gee whiz. Uh Green, Tom Green from GWS. Tom Green. I think you'll poll well. Nick Dacos and Lockie Neal. Mm. So then I thought, well, hang on. Who's won the most games? Who's had the most impressions? I got a feeling that Petrarca, in the games that I saw with Oliver out, might be – Melbourne, Viney had a reasonable year. I, I just think – But no one stands out of their team, do they? Petrarca is the yeah. one that I and thought... And he's had 24-27 yeah. last couple of years. Yeah, I reckon he is a chance. I, I think I've got him one. I've got the Bont two. I've got Butters three. And in equal fourth place, I've got Tom Green, Nick Dacos and Lockie Neal. Now, if Nick Dacos polls as like everyone thinks he does... Early. Now, listen, I, I watched those games. I, I'll be very surprised if he gets three in as many as, as people... Think. yeah. Now, I might be wrong, you know, we, I, but I do watch pretty closely. So Petrarca for you? And, I, I, I like Petrarca and the Bond, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it wouldn't bother me if, if, they, they, tied. Sh- if they tied. Yeah, Just well, remember what you heard at first. Also remember what I said halfway through the year. At that stage, Butters and Rosie, I said, could actually tie. If that happens, <laughs> you're Nostradamus. That'd be the biggest tip and the biggest <laughs> early call I've ever had. Probably the best call I've ever heard if they tie for a medal. <laughs> Sam Fantasia, our, our producer. Sam, you've been doing a bit of 
um, study, I suppose, on the Brownlow. Have, what do you come up with? I really like Lockie Neal. He's, yeah, I, I, I agree that Zach Butters and Connor Rosie could probably pinch votes off his, each other. But I reckon I, we'll, we'll still give you half a point, Bloody, if they tie, but they don't win the medal. Yeah. Now, the only thing is, Lockie's run first, second, and third in the last three years. So you're years. saying he's going to come fourth? That's why I've put him a fraction behind But for all, for all their brilliance, there's not a lot of people to take votes off Lockie New, are there? And they won a lot of games. Can, hey, can I just say something? We've, we've seen some best and fairest. Who've won all the best and fairest that we've seen and counted so far? All the midfielders. Oh, so yeah. everyone slags the umpires, right? And they called it a midfielders medal. But every club votes the... They do. The, they, every club... Well, the coaches' votes was the uh, butters. Yeah, all butter. And it's all midfielders. Yeah. So why do they slag the umpires about this? Well, I'm not slagging the umpires, but I still think this should be what we'd call for a defensive medal, like you've got the Coleman medal. Yeah. Give, I, it, give all departments. I, I think you should write a letter because you're very good at writing. I am a good writer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you should write a letter to Mr. Andrew Dillon, the new guy. Apparently, this guy's going to take over from Gillen. And I'll say to Andrew, Malcolm Blight told me to write this, this letter because so you're a beautiful writer. Sam, you're one, two after that. They're one, two, three. Dacos won. I'm going to go against the grain and I'm going to back him in. Good. Just, you know, why not? Someone, someone's got to go for him. Everyone's saying Bont, um, but I'm going to back in Dacos. I'm going to go Neil two, Bont three, Butters, f- no, Petrarca four, Butters five. Yeah, oh, okay. well, I'm, I'm almost with Malcolm Snap. I've gone, I think Petrarca might win it because he doesn't have a lot People taking votes off him won't be Sam Powell Pep. I can tell and you he, that. And he got a lot of votes. Hopefully, like, he gets a vote, Sam. Him and Clayton Oliver last year, they you know they both got what twenty five. And Oliver missed ten. Yeah, exactly. So, so Petrarca, Bontempelli, Dacos for me. Yep. that's my one. And I hope Lockie uh, Neil and I hope Butters polls well oh, too. I hope the both had a great mate. year. Yeah, they have. Thanks for that, uh, Sam. So um, my, we're going to play a bit of audio too, Blighty. Now um, I know you want to want to talk about Craig McRae. I've never heard you be so bullish on a coach. You like the first week he came in the way they play their yeah, football. Yeah. And I think he's got your theory. If we kick one more point, what did they do against the Giants last they week? They kick one more point. One more point. That's all they needed. And they won the game. Yes, they did. Here's Craig McRae on the resilience and the closest scenario of what they do at training. Yeah, week after week, I sit here and we've, we've won a close game again. And, and last year, you know, we didn't quite get it done in finals. We lost a couple of close ones. But all those lessons are, are why we're here now and we're still breathing because we practice it. Again, two years of practicing scenarios. You know, two minutes to go, kill the game. Two minutes to go, we need to win. It's over and it's rehearsed for these moments. And you create habits and, yeah, you need a bit of luck here and there. And, but I think we might have killed the clock for three minutes then and the ball didn't move very far. So, and we've got work to, work, work to do. Well, there's a couple of scenarios in particular that last quarter I thought we could have executed better. Bit of physical contact, a training bloody. Mate, I'll tell you, one-on-one, it was the best training for most of the times, and most coaches now, I'm guarantee you, don't do it. And more fool them. One-on-one, you know, you're not having 40 around the ball. You're just having one-on-one, and you get sharp, David. Sharp, sharp, sharp. I know you want to get a quote from Luke Hodge. We're, this is lost in the wash thanks to the Toolkit Depot. Hey, get down to the Toolkit Depot. They've got everything bloody. As I said, you're really good on the tools. I'm not so good, but i got a ladder. Got a ladder. I can climb a ladder, but not really good on the tools. Don't get too when, – when you get older, just be careful ladders. No, you know what you need? A good ladder, yeah. a sturdy ladder. That's where it is. Toolkit Depot, safety gear, workwear, toolkit depot, everything you need under one roof, a tools, equipment, safety gear, workwear, in-store and online. Yeah, now we did this at the start of the show. We talked about the umpiring. Look, just umpires you normally do. Luke Hodge, the great Luke Hodge, had this to say about the umpiring from Collingwood GWS game last weekend. 
it would be interesting, interesting to see how many of those umpires get a job next week. Because if you go through a lot of those free kicks that were missed, they will not be at the MCG. And I'm not being harsh on them. This yeah. is a prelim <laughs> final where we put in an extra umpire so they don't miss anything. And we've got umpires that overrule from 70 metres away three weeks ago. But then it comes to a prelim when a one-point loss causes a, a win or loss in a season's finish for a team. And the umpires put the whistle away. It was A lot of those decisions were pathetic. <laughs> I don't reckon the Friday night crew. I thought it was better on the second game than the first. Drives me, as I said at the start of the show, this drives me nuts. Whoever's in charge of the umpiring department, you know I'm not an AFL basher, but I'm starting to bash them. Why is it umpired differently in finals compared for the other six months of a the year? A free kick's a free kick. Exactly, David Wildey. But it goes out the door. They, no. The, the pee and the whistle no. gets stuck. Wrong. I don't Wrong. Know, they only had 12 free kicks to each team. Wrong. They? Yeah, no, I agree. Right, it's, uh, look, I'm, I'm, I don't know why they do it. It's rubbish. Beaumont Tiles giving away a trip for two to America's footy's biggest game worth over seventy grand, $70,000 to shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12 and you're in with a chance T's and C's apply. Brownlow medal night tonight, 45 years ago. Malcolm Blight won the Brownlow. Let's go, Christopher Matraka. And I think uh, you wanted... Um, Bontempelli, who knows? Dacos. See it, Dacos. See you tomorrow, <laughs> bloody, between 6 and 7. Bye for now. Bye, David. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV, Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA.